The Inside Vegas Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented to you by MyBookie.ag. Right now to honor football season, MyBookie.ag is offering you up to $1,000 in free bets using the promo code SGP. That's right, $1,000 in bonus bets. Enter that promo code at MyBookie.ag, SGP. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Become a bookie today, and Ace is offering you up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Episode two of the new and improved Inside Vegas with myself and James Alberino, my friend. How are you? CP, all is good, my man. Getting ready for another weekend. How was your NFL week last week? Uh, a bit up and down. I should have profited a small amount. Cardinals plus 10 decided the card. I won on the Cowboys. I won on the Patriots. I lost on the over in the Houston and Baltimore game. And then I had the Cowboys teased with Houston. And Houston is usually a, a cash cow if you tease them up. Um, Deshaun Watson usually never loses by more than two scores. But they got blown out, and, and that was a no-show. So basically a wash for the NFL for me. Yeah, man, you said that. I think I want to say, I mean, the Russell Wilson one. Um, yeah, so since Jimmy G got there, San Francisco, 17-1 and one on, a, on a teaser leg. Houston on the road, 16-0 uh, on a teaser leg. So you were, you were on the right sides. Uh, my Dallas first quarter, blown to bits. It was, I think I went like 3-3, three and three, man. It, up and down, NFL... People always say like different sports are the hardest for my money, dude, it has to be NFL is the absolute hardest. right? It's hard, man. I, and I feel like this time of the year, it's really hard to like right in the middle of the season where you're getting lines tightened up by the books. And also too, you're still trying to figure out some teams and, and injury situations. I personally love, you know, I love the, the end of the year, like once Thanksgiving and December hits, but I don't know. This is a really tough time of the year to like the Falcons bangles. Oh no. Who was it? Falcons jets. Um, and there were two other really bad teams that covered last week. Like sometimes some weeks you're going to have to bet on some of these terrible teams. If you're going to make money, dude, I have a, I have a very philosophical question for you. So why bet it? I have finally come to the stance in life that if something is too hard, I'm fucking over it. Like I'm done with it. Like college football to me is by far my favorite, like enjoyable outside of baseball. Of course, that'll always be, um, number one, but kind of taking the place of UFC from an enjoyment level. Like I've kind of like, I keep my NFL betting to such a minimum now. Why not? Um, I guess that I'll pose that question to you, man. Like, why do you think people still in it? And I guess it inherently is going to come to you to, to answer the same question. Like why bang your head up against the wall for a sport that just because it can be exploited or why not try other markets? Look, people are vested. Most people at least are vested in fantasy football leagues already. There's no fantasy football leagues for college football. And people are vested no matter what on Sundays. Look, there are people that legitimately revolve their schedules around NFL Sundays. You know, they spend the Saturdays with the wife or the girlfriend and then Sundays their time for the NFL. So a lot of guys aren't even necessarily watching as much college football as they are NFL. And I'm with you, man. I'm transitioning over to more and more college football betting. I, I enjoy it. The margins are higher. You could cover by significantly higher 
point margins. And it, it's obviously a more fun game. I don't think that's a debate at this stage. Uh, but yeah, I'm shifting more and more of my money over to college, and we'll segue into that. I, I got a couple of games circled that I like this weekend. Yeah, man. Well, let's break into our topics again, not to sit here and sound like we're, we're quitting on the NFL and getting absolutely demolished. It's just to me, man, like it's you're talking, you know, maybe 56, 57 at, at height of NFL betting. And and to me, it's just you can make um, what other people would, would say, oh, you can't, you know, hit those percentages in other sports. I'm just noticing you, you really can. So but let's talk about the it has to be the, the topic of the week, dude. What? What do you make of Miles Garrett? Uh, my favorite part of that, I told you this, I think Mike Pouncey probably killed three people after this and her, Aaron Hernandez is smiling in his grave right now when, when I saw Pouncey just absolutely go full Florida, Riley Cooper, Aaron Hernandez, Pouncey Brothers, gang style, kicking and punching on the ground, dude. I love it, man. I, I mean, look, Garrett shouldn't have even driven Mason Rudolph to the ground in the first place the way that he did. There's eight seconds left of the game. It's a two-score game. And he's driving him like it, it's a, a third and eight with, you know, eight minutes left in the game and the game's tied. And then people, how did people on Twitter actually come to Garrett's defense and, and say, oh, well, Mason Rudolph, if he, if he didn't go after Garrett and try to rip his helmet off, none of this would have happened. What is Rudolph supposed to do in that case? And okay, so he didn't rip off Garrett's helmet, but let's say he did. He wasn't going and swinging the helmet across Miles Garrett's face. Like that's what Garrett did. And that was Garrett's reaction to ripping off Mason Rudolph's helmet. So the fact that people could sit here and be like, oh, well, you know, Rudolph had it coming to him. No, Garrett was completely wrong. And I look, I, I don't know about suspending into next season, but I think suspending for the rest of this regular season totally warranted. The, I tweeted this out, but you can call this a soft mode, a soft move. But to me, dude, Miles Garrett has to thank his lucky stars that Mason Rudolph didn't take a dive. If if Rudolph played dead on that field, oh yeah, Miles Garrett would be in jail right now, and that's what no I would question. Done. No, no question. Like he, he kind of grazed him with the the helmet swing. He, he's lucky that it didn't really full on connect with him because, yeah, if he goes and he gets knocked out, out cold, you're talking lawsuit. You're talking a, a whole lot bigger deal than just a, a scuffle at the end of a game. Is there like, I mean, I, I'm assuming you probably won't know this, but it's an interesting topic. Is there like a laws or like waivers that you sign where you can't, like sue somebody for that within the confines of a sanctioned sporting event. Like, like obviously the, the funny obvious one is happy Gilmore, right. Taking his skate off to stab somebody like say that shit happened in a, in a game or, you know, the Garrett thing, like say he literally, uh, like made like say Rudolph's a vegetable right now. Like how has there ever been a case where somebody like faced criminal action for something like that? I don't I, think I I mean, don't hockey know. is fighting, right? No, I, look, I, I have no idea what goes on in terms of contracts, behind the scene, but I got to imagine that uh, there's part protection from the NFL where uh, if something like that happens, the player would then have everything involved and go through the NFL as opposed to it being done independently. Yeah, you know, these types of things happen what once every decade once every you know dozen years like how often is this even a conversation where we're supposed to know this type of stuff yeah i mean that's 
I don't know. Like, I mean, people have been clamoring for hockey to get rid of fighting, right? So that one's obviously protected. But what if has like, what's the worst somebody's ever been knocked out on the ice? Like, people have died in the middle of an octagon in UFC and boxing, and nothing's happened. And obviously, and obviously, that's a, a, an anomaly of, of combat sports where I'm sure there's waivers every which direction. But like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know where that line gets drawn. It's just interesting to think about. I mean, I hope it never comes to that, but it's it's a weird thing, you know. What ha- uh, what was it? It was about eight, nine years ago where I forget what team who, who got hit in the head intentionally with a hockey stick. I, I'm trying to figure out what happened after that and how that. Oh, that was a Bruin. No, it wasn't Bruins. Oh, my God. Maple Leafs. Oh, my God. It's going to drive me nuts. Look it up. Yeah, he that was the closest. And that guy had like a record of doing shit like that. Um, Assault. Oh, my God, dude. But I mean, he didn't. What was his name? I got to look it up. Um, hit. And head with stick. Uh, I think it was Scott something. Hold on. Um, Todd McSorley. Uh, not Todd McSorley. Hold on. Yeah, he hit. Marty McSorley hit Donald Bersier. It was Bruins. That's what it was. Yep. That's why I remembered it. Yeah, that's a, that's a gnarly one, man. Have you seen that? I mean, obviously you have seen that video, but which one do you think was worse? I mean, thinking hitting the head with the hockey stick was really bad, but um, yeah, <laughs> Garrett's just lucky that he did not fully connect. This would be a really big deal. Man, yeah. Well, let's talk about something a little bit uh, more upbeat, bro. That's the NFL playoff picture rounding into shape. Look, um, I mean, I always say this anytime anyone asks me to do content based on the playoff picture or what's going to happen. The AFC is going to be the Patriots, and I don't prove me wrong, right? Never happened yet. Um, I, I have, I don't have much to say about this. The fact that Baltimore beat them already, I can't wait till it's 56, 10 new England and Lamar Jackson as who we'll get to wins all the individual accolades and new England does what they always do. Right. Um, do you have any other take, man? I mean, we could talk about surprise teams, but at the end of the day, this is the biggest wasted space talk in, in content for me is talking about the AFC. No, it is the, the, the AFC. I, I it, it's, you know, clear cut who's towards the top. Uh, I think just what's going to be interesting is who comes out of the AFC South. Um, but whoever does, it, it looks like, you know, I mean, the Colts, when they get healthy, they'll be able to make some noise, but it's, are they going to be healthy enough for this stretch run over the next six games to avoid a team like Tennessee overtaking them? Houston's got a lot of problems on defense. They got problems on the offensive line. I think that that's going to be a real struggle for them and a little bit of a reach getting one of the wild card spots. Pittsburgh's going to be interesting. Uh, Schedule for them uh, could could leave some room for them to make noise and, and get one of the wild card spots. But yeah, it's new England up at the top, Baltimore, We'll go deep. Kansas City, I'm curious to see what they do with this run defense. Mahomes is going to have to play at his very best every game down the stretch for the Chiefs to get as best of a playoff spot as they can and for them to avoid an upset against a team who could run the ball on them and keep Mahomes off the field. Because you you have, and this is a crazy surprise, Oakland creeping up in the rankings as well. And Oakland. Can I stop you? Can just say who cares? Why should anybody care? Indianapolis, Tennessee, Oakland. No one is going to touch the upper echelon. Like it kind of makes me mad when people no, like try to quote unquote the find Titan, the value. The Titans just, Houston, the Titans just beat. I'm talking about with Kansas City. I'm talking about facing Kansas City and knocking Mahomes out. I'm not talking about New England. I'm not talking about Baltimore. I'm saying Kansas City. Do you City really is that think vulnerable. that those teams can knock out Baltimore? Or yeah, knock because out KC, they. Though? Yeah, because they just Tennessee just beat Kansas City last week, and Tennessee 
Derrick Henry ran all over Kansas City, 188 yards. Kansas City couldn't get off the field, and Mahomes had to have a ridiculous day for it to even be a close game. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, better chance and of Josh winning J- than Baltimore or Casey. Baltimore, Baltimore. Man. They they have the history in the past. I think New England, New England can keep Kansas City's defense on the field for a majority of the game and keep Mahomes off it. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll give you one because I know that this is where you live, man. Give me. They should have lost to the Chargers on Monday night, card. Christian. That Kansas City should have lost to to the Chargers on Monday night, four out of five times. If River, <laughs> if, if if Rivers is not behind center, if you have if you have an above average 2019 NFL quarterback and not Philip Rivers, the Chargers win that game because. Gordon was doing whatever he wanted in the first half, run the ball in Kansas City. Kept Mahomes off the field. Mahomes only had 182 yards that game. And then Phillip Rivers ducks all over the field. We watched it. Is Phillip Rivers uh, going to go the case of Eli Manning? He's done, yes. He is in Eli Manning zone right now. The only thing worse is that Rivers tries even harder to win games. I think I'm convinced Rivers changes play calls at the line from runs to pass in a lot of cases. I think he's trying to do too much. Eli never tried to do this much. I've always been a big fan of Rivers since he was drafted. He's done. All right, man. Hot take from your boy over there. Let's go to the NFC side because oh, this that's one not is hot. always That's not hot. That's a lot of people's takes. <laughs> I don't, I mean, was he ever really here? Let me say that. Is, all right, let me say this. Is Rivers a Hall of Famer? That's tough. It, it's, I think, he, I think he's in the conversation. I don't think he's a surefire Hall of Famer. He never got over that hump, and I don't want to hold that against him because there's a lot of really good quarterbacks who never won the whole thing. There's just been a lot of cases where Phillip Rivers in a big game has just not played his best. It was Eli Manning. Everyone says the same. Every time I ask that question, they all say the same answer. He doesn't deserve to get him, but he will. I agree with that completely. Yes, the two Super Bowls will get him into the Hall of Fame. If those two Super Bowl years did not exist, he's nowhere near the Hall of Fame. All right, man, let's talk the playoff picture, bro. Uh, in the NFC side, Dallas 6-4, and four, first place. Green Bay, man, I sat here and I told you how much I love this Green Bay team preseason, and now I get to bask in the glory that is them. I, uh, everything that they have done, they've built their team. We talked about how Chicago was going to take a step back. I know that our first play of the year both was Green Bay first half, Green Bay full at that ridiculous number. Um, one team I do want to, or I guess there's two teams I really want to focus on for this picture. It's the Saints, and I say that because everyone thought that they were going to fall off with that defense. You look at their numbers first half and second half last year, and my God, man, all Jimmy G does with that beautiful face is win games. Who's more legit? It's very close between the two. I would give the edge to the Saints just for experience and you know, uh, San Francisco is definitely well-rounded. I mean, both sides of the ball, strong front seven, D-line, the secondaries come into form. As they get healthier and get Kittle back, they're an explosive team. Uh, but, you know, they get into the playoffs. This will be the first time for a lot of them together. And let's see how that pans out in, you know, a divisional game or a NFC championship game. The Packers, too, are exciting. I just don't fully trust LaFleur. I, I don't think that would surprise a lot of people. I feel like in some close games this year, the Packers have gotten the benefit of some calls and, and, and been on the right side of some bounces. Um, 
that that Detroit game could have easily been a, a Detroit win. And I, I don't know what LaFleur is going to do coaching in the playoffs. Um, so out of the three-headed monster in the NFC, I would still – I still think it's the Saints-NFC until – you know, one of those two teams uh, knocks him off later in the season. This would obviously be Jimmy Garoppolo's first playoff game. And what do I tell you is my favorite situational spot in the playoffs you to bet fade, on blindly. You fade, yep, you fade those first time QBs. Money line because they're going to be a one seed and their team that they play is going to be a dog. I mean, man, it's a really weird playoff picture because you're looking, I mean, right now the Bills would be in as what? I mean, how, what do you, <laughs> a huge, huge underdog, like I think in a lot of ways you got to almost take what your notions of these teams are away again if things I hate saying this if it started now but it's there's been a lot of not a lot of but the surprises that are there have been kind of um you know, came out of a little bit of nowhere um, for, from that scenario. But let's move over to something a little bit more near and dear to where we want to go with this show, bro. And that is the uh, controversial, I guess, interview of uh, one Tim Donahue on part of my oh, take today. Um, we were, I'm going to give you the floor because, uh, again, we were talking about this back and forth, and I know you absolutely love this. So I'm going to let you kind of recap it and give your take on it. Yeah, this was great, man. He went completely unfiltered on, on this interview. I loved it. And I found out a couple of things that I didn't think were 100% true. I still don't think are 100% true. But if you, you haven't heard it, you know, Don, he went all the way back to the early 2000s when he was involved in games in the NBA that he was refereeing and that he was tied and had couple thousand dollars in bets on these games and how he was running at a ridiculous rate. Now, what most people thought of this situation was that he was fixing games, intentionally calling fouls on certain players, influencing the outcome. What he said in this interview and repeated over and over is that he never compromised his refereeing. He never fixed a game and his bets were based on an agenda. So, and this is even crazier because he went into the details of how there are a number of meetings throughout the week and before a game happens, the NBA will say, okay, we missed these calls in the last couple of games. We have to focus on, let's say when Carmelo Anthony drives to the basket, we missed a couple of calls on him last game. We have to put an emphasis on that. So Donahue would use this information and say, okay, Melo's going to get the benefit of those calls. We're going to put a bet in on the Nuggets because Melo's going to get to the line 18 times tonight. Now, the NBA and the FBI confirmed that he never fixed games and that what he's saying is truthful. But tell me this. If the NBA knows that he influenced calls and his officiating was compromised, which is very much realistic, he he had mob ties over his head. Do you think the NBA wants to let it known publicly that their games for a stretch of three to four, maybe five years, was completely affected by a referee? That would be such a an even worse black. That would be a, a total scar for the NBA. And I get the sense that there's a possibility that the NBA and Donahue made a deal and said, "Okay, look, here's how we'll handle this." Let's just keep it under the table that you compromised and fixed calls and purposely fouled out guys or purposely ejected coaches at opportune times. We'll never know the truth, but pretty wild how long this went on for. So what I don't understand is 
look, I'm not here to be conspiracy theorist, but uh, the 60 Minutes interview that is by and large kind of the been the end all be all. This maybe was even on a Patrick Beck David uh, interview that he did. Donahue said, I fixed games. The problem became, I got so deep into it, I couldn't get out, was basically the, the overarching theory. But he said one thing, which makes this theory of why he's saying this so weird. He said, um, I could only, I told you guys, I could only fix games within a plus or minus six points of a spread. I can only do so much. He said there was, you know, pick them games were the absolute favorites minus plus up to basically five or six was all he was comfortable being able to do without it being egregiously obvious. So how do those two statements, which you can go back and, and hear those statements on, on those, those programs, uh, how did it, that's the polar opposite. Now, if you did want to say this and you had the NBA on your theory, uh, this is going to sound a little bit uh, like uh, I get who uh, PMT is. I, of course, get the popularity of Barstool. Maybe this is the NBA playing chess a little bit. But why do it on that platform with those guys? It sounded as if Donahue wanted to explain himself from, hey, I was involved in this situation. I saw an opportunity to make money, but I didn't ruin the league. That's what most people think of when they think of Tim Donahue. He fixed games and he, and he screwed around with the league for a bit. And this was more or less like it, it just I got the tone of like, guys, don't hate me. Like, yeah, I gambled. I did something stupid, but. I didn't intentionally ruin the games. I just did it when I had like, he's trying to play up the card that he had such good information that he was winning at such a high clip. There were stretches where they said he won over 90 days, 88% clips. Like I find that just hard to believe that he was doing this exclusively off of information. And it, you, it sounded like he was using PMT as the, I don't want to get these death threats or have this complete, uh, total bad perception. And I know that there's going to be a lot of people listening to this. Yeah. I mean, it's the gambling crowd that he's catering to, but it's, I don't know, man, that is, uh, I mean, that's the way whoever told him to do that on that program with those guys, with that audience is that's how to, uh, that's how to turn a heel into a face as they say in the wrestling biz, my friend. No, And, and it's either one of two things, CP, because he either fixed these games and he's lying or the agendas that he's talking about that the NBA has and the instructions that they give these refs can influence the game so heavily that he was able to win and be on the right side of these games for north of 75 to 80%. Like either one of those things, whatever is true is, is a scary thing to think of in the reality of sports. I hear you, man. Let's shift over to college football for a second as we talk about this NCAA playoff picture. L, uh, one through four, let's go through them. One, two, three, four. LSU at one, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama outside looking in. And man, door, like I talked about this week, door wide open for Georgia. Best case scenario. I think our boy Costas tweeted this out and he stole my dig, man. I'm going to be honest with you. I've I seen this narrative play out before. To me, I cannot wait to bet on Georgia and the SEC title game against LSU. LSU. Yep. Yep. And then parlay that away, my friend, into the next round. Georgia is going to win it all. As I said from the beginning, I absolutely love this. If you want some dark horses, there is a path for Oregon, Utah. You're obviously only going to get one, if any, Pac-12 teams uh, in this. But you want to talk about some disrespect with with what's going on in the... Um, you know, standings had Baylor won that. I think that they even still got dropped a little bit too far down coming off of what they did. And, and that would be a fascinating conversation based off schedule, man. But what do you take away from this weekend's uh, kind of playoff scenario implications, everything from this weekend? 
Yeah, Georgia, ever since that loss to South Carolina, they've just been revving a different engine and, you know, they've played extremely well since then. They made Bo Nix and Auburn look horrible on that side of the ball. And, yeah, it's going to be set up. They're, they're going to need this game in the SEC championship more than LSU does. And, and yeah, that's going to favor a play on Georgia. Uh, but if they don't, Oregon's right up there and can sneak in. Like that SEC championship game is going to have so many implications because Oregon's playing extremely well right now. And they play Arizona State this weekend. That should be a 24 to 28 point Oregon win. And if you have a Georgia loss in the SEC, obviously that opens the door for the Ducks. Uh, but I, I think everything else is pretty much on point. But and then Alabama now will, will be dropped out. They have no shot at, at this, you know, at this juncture. Um, but yeah, I'm really I, I can't wait for that SEC championship. That's really going to decide the Final Four. I don't agree with you. I think Alabama gets in almost no matter what by design now because LSU and Georgia knocks each other out. Yeah, with Tua out, if if Oregon keeps playing at the level that they do and both teams finish with identical records, I think that's ridiculous if Alabama gets in over Oregon. I would go the other way. I would say, well, how do you differentiate or how do you make the case between Oregon and Utah? Because, I mean, I guess they're going to knock each other out, right? Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there in that final game. But I think, yeah, the winner there, yeah, you you can make a strong case that without Tua, they should leapfrog Alabama. And Alabama's defense is as weak as it's been in a long time. I think there's there's a lot of things, aside from the name of the jersey, uh, where Alabama doesn't belong in the top four now. Well, yeah, because the same thing will happen with LSU – Georgia and Alabama that's going to happen with Oregon and Utah because they're opposite so they'll play in the Pac-12 that could be a winner gets into the national championship game in theory yeah it'll be a fun one man I, I think I might be talking myself into Oregon I think what do you think that line is Oregon Utah it's, it's a neutral right yeah it has to be I think it's got to be neutral um, Ducks minus one and a half yeah, it's basically a pick, man. Let's see. What do you think Oregon and Utah is to win it all right now? Let's head on over to mybookie.ag and check this out. What do you line it at? You were you were shocked Georgia was what fourteen to one last week. Yeah, what's Georgia at right now? Oh, they're <laughs> not right now. I think your Cincy bet changed too. I'll check that out pregame. All right, college football might be off because there's nope. All right, man. Georgia all the way down to eight to one. All right, well, Oregon from last week. Oregon forty to one. Utah twenty-five to one. That's got our boys' prop swap written all over it, doesn't it? Wow, I cannot believe the the difference between you Utah and Oregon. I mean, you're basically getting you can, and they would be an underdog in both in. Uh, any playoff scenario along the way and you can back both 25 to one you can back the winner at either 25 to one or 40 to one yeah i mean neither of them are going to win but in terms you know quote-unquote value i think those both uh those fall to the value category let's talk about this last thing in the college football landscape <laughs> joe burrow minus 1600 heisman field nine to one <laughs> you taking the field um, 
I think it'd be worth a small dart. I mean, minus sixteen hundred, especially. What if he loses the if he loses the SEC championship game? Is there any way that he doesn't get the Heisman? Like that's what you would have to base this bet off of. Fields is the uh, only guy. Yeah, I, I think I think it's worth yeah take, taking a shot. Um, but yeah, it's it's most likely wrapped up for Burrow. What does this do to Tua's draft stock? Obviously now Burrow or um, D end at Ohio State probably number one overall pick. Uh, so now where does who goes? Who's the first quarterback off the board now? Burrow Herbert. I think Burrow's still the first off the board. Does he go number one? I think it's possible. Yeah, yeah. Especially and does that if- change something for either Miami or Cincinnati? Oh, it absolutely could. You, you could see movement now if. Uh, yeah, if if two, you know, if two is not going to go one overall, and if he slides back a couple spots, you, you could see the you know picks two through five, two through six shake up, and and a, a couple of trades uh, just based off position and needs. Let's see any other random cool props that are out there for this man. I I wish Baylor. I am all in on Baylor, bro. I am heartbroken. I'll tell you, Charlie. Oh, that Heisman was such a fun game to watch, man. I had I, I had. Baylor plus 10 and a half, but what a back and forth. And, and that comeback at the end was great. Ugh, disgusted. Let's flip back over, bro. Let's talk about some more odds. And that of course, of the NFL MVP, this has gone, um, basically between Wilson McCaffrey Rogers and the new favorite Lamar Jackson, our boys over at Betsperts Reed himself, uh, got in, I believe week one, he bought it at like 40, 50, maybe even more than that. 40, 50 to one. Now you're looking at Lamar Jackson being the favorite. And I absolutely love this. I, I we talked to pregame or pre NFL season and talked about the different directions that this team could go. And if it was good, it would be the running gun in Madden. If it was bad, it would be uh, maybe Tebow in Denver, right? Like it, it could have gone really, really sour. But as we look up at these odds, dude, ready? We have, oh, wrong thing. Lamar Jackson is also leading in uh, Pro Bowl votes, as you may assume. All right. Who are you placing a bet on? Lamar Jackson, minus 110. Wilson, 7 to 4. Dak, 7 to 1. Rodgers, 12 to 1. Dalvin Cook, 20 to 1. Mahomes, all the way out to 20 to 1. McCaffrey, 20 to 1. Watson, 20 to 1. Michael Thomas, 40 to 1. Anyone else you want to talk about? But that's pretty much the updated odds. Damn. Uh, it's crazy that Watson's at 20 to one. Cause he was right up in the conversation for MVP up until we, two weeks ago And this game last week, Bernard swung a lot of things in the wrong direction for him. Um, yeah, I think Lamar Jackson ends up getting it. There's just so many games where he's been able to in- increase his stats, a couple of blowouts and, um, do they have another game versus the, the Browns or no? They finished versus the Browns. I think who else the Ravens have up on their schedule, but yeah. Um, and then Mahomes obviously getting hurt for a couple games that obviously helps Jackson's cause. So yeah, I don't really see any bets that I would, even if there's a high number, I, no, I wouldn't really go in any direction aside from Jackson. Ravens have at Rams, 49ers, Bills, Jets, Browns, Steelers. Yeah. You're getting the Jets, you're getting the Browns. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's not a terrible schedule towards the end. Did Vic ever win one, an MVP? I don't think so. Man, you imagine if, man, 
the narrative of Lamar Jackson already better than Michael Vick? I believe he is. I, I think Michael, I have fought this. I have it. fought this tooth and nail. Do you remember who Michael Vick had to throw to? Algie Crumpler. And people think Roddy White was good. I'm here to tell you, I was the biggest Michael Vick fan in the world and still am. I have never seen a receiver drop so many balls than Roddy White when he was uh, a rookie his second year. It was atrocious. When I say he had worse receivers to throw to than Jabbar Gaffney and Rishay Caldwell on that Patriots team, his best receiver was Algie Crumpler, who ran about a 5-2. So I, I don't buy it. He didn't have a Hollywood Brown. Now, if you want to say that he had every opportunity on that Eagles team, very different situation uh, post-prison, right? In, in the twilight of his career. So it's not necessarily a, a fair conversation. What I like about Lamar is that he could run in between the tackles. He's, he's a little bit of a bruiser, definitely compared to Vic. Vic would have to scramble outside the hashes. I mean, look, he was incredible with, with what he did. Like, he's just, he, he's, it's not exactly the same exact comparison. Like, Michael Vic couldn't run straight up the gut or cut back in between the tackles and, and lower his shoulder. He would get swallowed if he lowered his shoulder. Um, I don't think Vic would survive very long, especially now in this game with, with guys getting even bigger. But Lamar's just like, it's like he converts to uh, a, a, a big wide receiver sometimes when he's running, and it's like he just caught a pass and he's lowering his shoulder and, and can bulldoze guys. So, uh, just in, in that regard, I think he, his potential and, and his talents more right now. All right. Well, if you want to take a stance and go bet Lamar Jackson MVP, go over on go on over to mybookie.ag during Thanksgiving week. Mybookie.ag is offering you a risk-free bet on the Bears Lions. Simply choose a team that wins against the number for up to two hundred fifty dollars. You win, you get paid. You don't. Congratulations. It's a free bet credited back into your account. It's a no-brainer. You cannot lose. Log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code SGP, and mybookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jump roll your bankroll. And again, risk-free guaranteed guaranteed bet. Play, win, and get paid at mybookie.ag. We talked about him last week, my friend. Ace per head. If you want to go out there and, and be that new Twitter tout that nobody knows how you're winning every single game, also, top-notch customer support, 24-7. Head on over to aceperhead.com slash SGP. And as always, our merch store is up. Free roll football contest also in play as well. Also up on Spotify on our new feed. Bro, we did pretty good in NFL as we transition over into this card. Is there anything you want to talk about in the college football side? I don't think we necessarily talked a ton about games that we were betting ourselves on. I got a couple games that I I have a couple games I like this week that I've circled and lined up. Hit me. Tennessee plus four at Mizzou. Tennessee's been playing really well. You're disgusting. Yeah, but they're covering numbers, Christian. They've covered either four or five in a row, I believe. Mizzou. Their offense has been terrible lately. Uh, they're coming off that game versus Florida. They put up six points. 0-5 ATS the last five. They lost at Vanderbilt 21-14. They were 21-point favorites. They didn't even get to 21. They lost to Kentucky as nine-and-a-half-point favorites. They lost by 22. Tennessee's healthy. They had a lot of defensive problems earlier in the year on the back end and the front seven. They finally got healthy. They won at Kentucky two weeks ago. Missouri, only 102 rushing yards combined the last two games. They've had a lot of disappointments. Kelly Bryant was supposed to do a lot more for them. He hasn't done anything. And then Tennessee's coach, when he was at at Bama, 
he coached against Kelly Bryant. He did really well against him. I mean, granted, it was with Alabama's defense, but the fact that he knows him, I think, is a big advantage too. Held Bryant to 124 yards in a bowl game in 2018. I like Tennessee getting points, especially versus a team that I don't even know if they're going to score more than 17 points in this game. What did you say that you thought the uh, Arizona, what was it, the Oregon game coming up? You said it would be like a 20 I like Oregon. Game? Yeah, I like Oregon minus 14 and a half. Didn't you just say it would be 28-24? No, no, no. I said I think they win by like 24, oh, 28 okay. points. I got you. I was going to say. No. I got you on that one. Uh, no. Let's talk about those Baylor Bears again, man. This is the ultimate, in theory, letdown let spot. But oh, yeah. I disagree. I don't think they had national. I don't think they had title implications. This is a we're back type of year. You lost against Oklahoma. I think this. You're getting such a discount, man, on this minus five and a half against Texas Baylor at home on their turf. Look, it's one loss, and I think that somewhere along the way. Look, would it have been great? Yeah, but I think deep down they know that they weren't ready to necessarily run the table and contend. And maybe they believe that they could have beat Oklahoma. I certainly do believe that. But even if they ran the table, I don't think that they would have got in. I don't think this changes a thing other than you're getting a discount. Look, I've been on Baylor every single week, so don't necessarily. But hey, all they do is cover numbers. So They you know, do. <laughs> you can go with me on that one. But I that's, mean, look, the... Texas doesn't give me any calmness betting them. They've been pretty bad, especially in some road spots. They were bad in that TCU spot on the road. I know, look, it's tough to to get a gauge of this Baylor situation because I agree with you. It's not like they automatically assume that they would be in, in, in the playoff and have national championship aspirations. But last week coming into that game, they had that chip on the shoulder of we're undefeated, yet we're slid all the way down below teams who already have one loss and we've been beating competitive football teams. They came into that game last week with that type of juice. And I just think the way that that unfolded, like they didn't lose a four or five point game where it was tight and back and forth the whole way. Like they were dominating. They were up by what? 25 points in the first half and just completely collapsed. If that doesn't happen and they still are undefeated, what are they ranked? Were they in the seventh? probably the seventh or sixth spot this week. They'd have to be, yeah, they'd have to be over Oregon. Who's got a loss. They'd have, they'd be probably be in the sixth spot and they'd at least be in the conversation this week of getting to the playoff. Now they have no shot at the playoff. They're not going to get, they never did. I don't care where they were going to get ranked. They never did, but in their, in their head, if they beat Oklahoma by double digits, that's at least getting them in the conversation for this week. That's why I just think I don't disagree with you. I think, I just don't know which way to go in this game. I'm I'm not touching it. Yeah, no, it's it's certainly there. Let's go to another team in a situationally same spot, man, and that's Minnesota. Um, look, kind of controlled your destiny with the quality of opponents that they were beating off that loss. Look, Northwestern. Uh, we'll talk about this next team next, but I didn't. I bet them. I bet against them every week in some form or fashion, and that's UMass. But I don't even know that I, you know, trusted Northwestern to. I mean, I assumed they were, you know, obviously going to beat them as forty-point favorites. But I mean, uh, scoring forty obviously was didn't a, know a if they could put up Northwestern. enough points. <laughs> Yeah, so look, uh, this is another one, man. You have Minnesota going on the road to a really bad Northwestern team. Is it a discount or is it a letdown? It's it looks like a letdown. Like they have Wisconsin next week. They're coming off not only the tough loss versus Iowa, but Penn State right prior to that. I don't know. Are they going to really step on the gas here? 
I would probably look at this game and say maybe bet Minnesota at halftime. Let the first half play out if it's a you know let down first half, and then halftime you get Minnesota's adjustments and then they kill Northwestern because Northwestern sucks. Northwestern can't move for anything. If, if Minnesota f- hits their stride in the second half, they'll do enough to at least cover a, a live line. Northwestern team total under would be my play there. Let's talk about, dude, this is the last time we have to fade UMass. Last game of the season for them already. Where has time gone? Cashing over tickets. That's where it's gone. Every <laughs> single game. You literally just have to bet the over every single game. I don't even mess with it. Outrageous. I go, I just auto bet. I auto bet uh, their opponent's team total over. It's never been a sweat Amazing. except for Northwestern. Amazing. Uh, let's go to a couple others on the board. That's kind of fun. Liberty at Virginia. Liberty, of course, in Virginia. Um, this is kind of the get up, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, what do you think? Cover 17 or no? I wouldn't lay the points with Virginia. Virginia just hasn't been reliable at all laying points as a favorite. They haven't been reliable in a lot of spots this year and offensive lines weak and just give up big plays. I wouldn't touch it. I'm staying out of this game, but I would lean Liberty if I had to bet it. Is Georgia Tech playing this week? That's my other auto fade. Georgia Tech. uh, Yes, they are. They're laying two and a half. Stop it. Yes. Hang on. No, I'm looking at it right now. I don't see him. Georgia Tech and NC State. Yeah, another oh team that's horrible. God. That's why they're two and a half. That was, that, was, that was one of those games I crossed off and said I, I'd have to bet a bad team in order to catch a ticket in this game, so I pass. I don't care. North NC State money line. Georgia Tech is the worst, <laughs> worst offensive <laughs> football State there. NC State is horrible. NC I don't State's care. horrible. Uh, I'll, like, this I'll is like Akron and UMass all over again. I wanna, this is Akron and UMass all over again. What you said? I wanna I wanna throw this one at you. Uh, Illinois plus fifteen and a half at Iowa. Why is Iowa I, laying this much? Yeah, Iowa shouldn't lay that to anybody. Um, look, it's Illinois. I get it. Iowa uh, often emotional. Um, obvious. That's I think that's the scenario that you're playing off of. Is it's an emotional letdown off a big win? Right. Illinois is also five and zero ATS the last five. Michigan State covered the number. They've covered some big numbers this year. Beat Wisconsin. Like Stanley is not a quarterback that you should be comfortable with laying fifteen and a half points. I, I no. like Illinois in this spot. Uh, I don't know if I can get there, but I certainly understand why you would. Let's do one more that I really kind of liked. Uh, let's pull this up. Might have been it. I don't necessarily love the board this week, to be honest with you. I'll give you another one. S- Washington God. minus 14 and a half at Colorado. Washington's beaten Colorado by 14 or more in seven straight games. The average line in those seven was 15.3 points. And that would equate to Washington being six and one ATS. Now Washington's coming off a 19 to seven win versus Oregon state. Not super impressive, but that was also off of two really tough, close losses to Oregon, Utah. So they might've came out slow out of the gate. I think this week they probably put together a better game and they're able to wax Colorado's defense. All right, my friend, um, 
Yeah, not the best slate. Obviously, we could talk about Penn State and Ohio State. I'm not getting in front of the Ohio State train, but let's go move over to the to the NFL for this upcoming week. Uh, Thursday night, we have Indy and Houston. Houston off that loss. Um, I'm always going to give you kind of first dibs at the board because NFL is something that I have kind of resorted, not resorted to, but I kind of trend bet and um, it doesn't make for the most exciting conversations telling you to bet the same things over and over again. So what do you like this yep. week? Uh, that Thursday night game, I don't have a play on it at least yet. Uh, injuries for Indianapolis, T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack's got a broken hand and and uh, Brissett up in the air. And um, I, I still didn't think that Houston was going to be laying four. I think that Indianapolis's defense could get the best of Houston's offensive line. Um, I would lay it with Houston if I was playing this game, but I, I wouldn't be too comfortable with it. A couple games I'm looking at. I like the over in the Oakland and Jets game. It's a 46 or 46 and a half, depending on the book. The Jets have gone over four games in a row. The Raiders overs on the road are three and one. It should be four and oh. The one under was a 52 point total. It went under by one point. Uh, all three of the other overs would have cleared this 46 point number 48, 55, 66. Oakland's got a bad pass defense. Jets have a bad pass defense. I think this is a low number that's based off of what the Jets were doing earlier in the year, and the market hasn't adjusted enough. Nice number for an over here. I think that that gets to 49 or 50. I gave out New Orleans team total on the show last week. No sweat. Is the Tampa over still a thing? I think that game did it go is. over to you. Yeah, eight, eight overs in a row. Now, they needed a defensive score for that, but still eight overs in a row. Um you trust Atlanta? I think I'm going to lay it with Atlanta. Minus four and a half. No, no, total. Over 52. The teams. Uh, I, I, Eight in a row. How do you go against it? Yeah, I, I would play it. I would play it. I, I, I'm not in love with playing overs in the 50s, but I still think it hits. Like Matt Ryan is going to be able to move the ball on the secondary. Winston's going to have to chase him. I just – I guess I'm throwing for a curveball because – Shit! What did the Atlanta Falcons? What they do in their buy? Like, did they like? Uh, they are playing completely. Like, did they go to Joshua Tree and like? Did they like all all have some sort of out of body experience as a team and like they're playing completely differently after that buy? And now what? They dominated the Panthers, forced turnovers. They dominated the Saints. All right, maybe it was a Saints letdown. Look ahead, but. I, you can't trust the Bucks in the city. Bucks haven't won a game. Excuse me. Bucks haven't covered a game since September 29th. The one team they beat was the Arizona Cardinals at home. I think I'm gonna lay it with the Falcons, man. Ugh, man. Overs. Jameis Winston passing props over. That's all I got to say about that. Guess who's on the road after losing their first first quarter under in 13 weeks? That's Dallas. Man, Patriots first quarter, Patriots first half. Another huge, huge trend play at home in Foxborough. Look, I talked about this on the DFS podcast with Ryan and Sean on the regular SGP feed. If Dak Prescott does this against New England, I will tip my cap. This is kind of a marquee game, at least on the late slot besides, you know, primetime, obviously, but I don't care what time slot. This is the game of the week. Um... Look, I'll tip my cap, man. What do you think about this? Yeah, you're saying his passing yardage under? No, I mean, just if Dak Prescott, because I think that with this defense in the secondary, right, Gilmore on Cooper, uh, you double whoever else you want. You obviously put who you, you know, game plan to stop, you know, uh, you're, you're blocking to 
or your uh, cover guys to you know make Dak beat you from the pocket, and you're going to do that without yeah. Cooper, who's going to have Gilmore. And if Dak can do that, I will tip my cap. Yeah, no, I, mean, I agree completely. I agree, and and the play calling for Dallas is obviously something that you, you're going to want to watch with a microscope on Sunday in Foxborough. I don't even think uh, you have to worry about it, dude. This is this is Vince Lombardi against Mike Malarkey from a coaching yes. standpoint. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. The, the Cowboys will find way. The Cowboys will find ways to lose a game where they have talent edges in a couple of different matchups. Yeah. Like their defensive um, line should be able to beat New England's, but New England's just going to game plan better. New England will get the ball out of Brady's hands quicker. Um, the Cowboys should be able to at least move the ball in certain cases. I think in the run game they they should be able to do stuff, but I think they'll their drives will stall because of coaching or their red zone will, will show its deficiencies. And yeah, uh, I'm trying to think what to make of this spread though, because I don't know if I want to lay it with new England, but new England Tease you can't it. bet against. Yeah, I agree. Tease it all the way down, but I might just blindly play like new England and Foxborough 10, two and one against the spread since the beginning of 2018. And one of those losses was when Jared Stidham threw a pick six in a game first the Jets where they were already up by twenty one. Fuck my Jets team so, total under, by the way. I'll never Yeah, no, that. I had He's already starting on my shit list. That was uh one of my one of the worst beats. Uh not as bad as the Arizona Cardinals plus ten beat versus the forty ers but uh still a bad one. <laughs> <Yes>. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm going to tease New England down. I think a New England and Pittsburgh teaser, both down to near Pickums. I'm going to play that this weekend. I like it, my friend. Anything else you want to talk about? News and notes? Anything yeah, else? let's let's go to the Seahawks Eagles game. Couple of trends. Russell Wilson, twenty three seven and one ATS lifetime as a dog. Seattle, I like this too. They start eating up right around this time of the year. 28-14-1 ATS, week 11 and on since 2013. Coming off a bye, coming off a spot where they got a lot of confidence, beating Jimmy G and the 49ers. Alshon Jeffrey may not play. Lane Johnson's in the concussion protocol. Eileen Seattle definitely in this spot. Um... And then that's it. Let's touch on the Steelers because I mentioned it in, in the teaser play. Now, Connor Seattle may- up to seven and a half, by the way, if you want a nice teaser. Oh, no doubt. No, no doubt. I don't even think I'm going to tease it because I, I don't even know if it's going to be necessary in this game. But yes, I, I agree. That was the first thing that I thought to initially get them above a touchdown and you got a nice, comfortable teaser there. That fucking total is so high at 49, too. Because it's not even. I was just looking to see if it qualifies. I don't trust the Eagles. The I don't trust the Eagles to score enough if Alshon Jeffrey's out. Yeah, no, that's an that's an underplay for me. All right, my friend, that'll kind of wrap us up on on the second podcast, bro. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Where could people find you? Website, everything you got? Uh, on Twitter, Spread Investor. Website, SpreadInvestor.com. CP, we got to get get a pick from you this week. Let's get something college. Uh, we'll put together a, a nice Saturday college card. We'll have picks out for Sunday as well. And yeah, uh, Thursday through Sunday, looking to step on the gas and I got to get back I- into the swing of things with football, man. I was red hot the first six weeks. The last four have been slow as shit. Uh, it looked like last week was going to get a little bit of momentum back. Uh, the aforementioned Arizona 
and San Francisco game. I was actually at a bar for that one CP, and I watched that unfold while I had a couple of alcoholic beverages in me. And I, I saw I wasn't you texted. You were like, I walked into the bar as as that was going on. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on right now? Like, that's something. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited. I think there I think there's spots between both the college and NFL card. I personally like the college card this week more so than some people who uh, we network with. So I'm excited, man, and. And we'll get rolling for this weekend and next week going forward. All right, brother. Well, we got Thanksgiving next week. We'll figure that schedule out. It usually is a little bit different, but we'll get on it, man. Um, again, follow us on Twitter at Spread Investor at Christian Pina. And please rate, review, and subscribe to help grow this podcast. We have so much good stuff coming up for you guys as we get rolling. Um, and we'll talk next week, my friend. Yes, sir. Bye.